before Jamie and I went live, you know, he explained that, you know, one of his big responsibilities is to help customers, uh, you know, effectively use the data that they're providing to make good investment decisions. So how can someone listening most effectively, because there's nuance in this game. And, and, you know, I think, you know, you'll, you would admit it that you can't just look at something online and, you know, oh, see, oh, this property right next to it is doing $92,000 a year. Thus, I should do 92. Like there's a li- there's more to it than that. Welcome to the Short-Term Rental Pros Podcast. Knowledge, experiences, and actionable takeaways from those who are killing it with short-term rentals. Here's your host, Jeremy Warden. We are live with the Short-Term Rental Pros Podcast. And today we are with Jamie, who probably knows more about everything that is going on uh, in all the different markets in the country, as well as just probably the Airbnb ecosystem as a whole than anybody else in the world. So you guys are in for an absolute treat today. Jamie is the chief economist at AirDNA and someone I've been following for a long time and pestered a little bit to get on here. So I'm excited that he uh, he finally took it, took the bait and we're, we're, we're going on today. So Jamie, thank you so much for joining. And uh, yeah, I would love your your story on how you got into short-term rentals. Yeah. Uh, awesome, Jeremy. Thank you. So my journey into short-term rentals started quite a while ago. I think it was maybe 2008, 2009, where I started hosting and traveling on Couchsurfing. Um, so way back in the day, I uh, joined a hospitality research group uh, called PKF in 2010. Uh, where I was focused on um, analyzing and forecasting the hotel industry. Uh, and as part of that, like began hosting on Airbnb on, I think, 2012. Uh, had a private room in my house. Um, uh, ended up investing in some properties with my parents through Maine, throughout Maine. Uh, and then uh, really as part of my job at PKF Hospitality Research, which was uh, eventually acquired by CBRE, uh, we became really interested in what was happening in the short-term rental industry, primarily of how it was impacting hotels, because that's what our job was. My job was to forecast the hotel industry uh, and became one of the first subscribers of AirDNA back in 2015 uh, after it was launched. Uh, and then fast forward to 2020, joined um, as the VP of research, um, and as and to just be able to dig into the data and provide insights to our clients. Awesome. So, I want to I want to touch on something. I'm sure this is something that you know people have asked you a bunch of times. But when I really started going through like the the web of of your content and things that you've reported on, was when a uh, tweet, a viral tweet, came out. I'd say at this time, what well, was probably like eight or nine, 10 months ago about, you know, the sudden collapse of uh, average daily rates and, uh, 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 you know, uh, RevPAR or, or, you know, RevPAL, revenue per available listing at properties, short-term rental properties in, you know, 10, 20 major metros. Uh, Can you tell us about kind of that firestorm there of of that tweet, which wasn't your tweet, the the initial one and and, uh, and sourced uh, or cited a different data provider from AirDNA. And then you kind of went back at them with, with your data um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm curious, what was that all about? And then frankly, like, I mean, you were kind of thrown into the limelight there. So what, what was that experience like? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was funny. I'd actually seen in 
there's an analyst, uh, Nick Gurley, uh, that put out this tweet. And I'd actually seen his analysis the day before someone had forwarded to me uh, that he had put out on his blog, sort of analyzing these markets and the sort of collapse in short-term rental revenues that they had seen. Uh, so being the data nerd that I am, I immediately went in our data set to see if I could replicate what he had done and essentially tried it like 20 different ways. Like if I added all these different filters, like just looked at entire homes, just looked at large property managers, just looked at really any different way I could cut the data and I couldn't replicate it. Um, went into, I talked with some of our um, other colleagues across the sort of short-term rental industry, just to see what they were seeing in their own properties. They weren't seeing it. So like out of my head that he must have just done something wrong in the analysis. Uh, and that was on Monday. Tuesday, he sent out the tweet. Um, I sort of saw it around 4 p.m. Um, and started doing some analysis. Um, and then later that evening, sort of, I essentially had replicated it in the exact same way, trying to like do the analysis and just put it out there that I know this, I we've gone through our data set. Uh, we've got a lot of experience doing this type of analysis. And yes, we're seeing a decline in RevPAR, RevPAL happening. Uh, and in the markets that he had called out, it was about a 3% decline that we were seeing where he had called out a 40% decline. Um, and I just wanted to show people that, and because the tweet at that point had generated 30 million re, uh, views, it eventually got up to 35, 36 million views. So clearly went viral. And I heard it from <laughs> so many people. Around yeah, I don't, that I don't time. mean for that to be the first thing to touch on, I'm sure. Yeah, I know it was, it, was, it was a bit uh, traumatizing. I had actually lost my voice that week. We did so many <laughs> media, inter media interviews about it. Um, but it, and it also caused, I feel like, a lot of damage on a lot of uh, property managers, owners, investors sort of reached out that their homeowners were freaking out, uh, that there was a collapse in this industry, that they needed to sell their property and get out while they still could. Uh, and where they were able to show them sort of the counterpoint from AirDNA of like, no, this isn't happening and that the data really ended up being helpful sort of calming the storm. And I think just about every me major media organization, yeah, they reported on sort of Nick's viral tweet, but they also provided sort of the counterpoint that we provided that it wasn't probably actually happening. And I think it really cemented you guys as like the, in, like the industry standard for mark like you know market or just what's going on you know mm -hmm. what's going on in the world of short-term rentals so i question what's going on <laughs> yeah so i mean it's definitely been a tough year uh so we've been collecting data since 2015 so going on uh nine years now of reporting data on u.s short-term rental performance and now uh global performance and this was 2023 was the first year that we actually saw a decline, year-over-year -year decline in RevPAR. Um, and that's the average amount of revenue that a listing is earning over the course of the year. Uh, so, but there's a lot of factors that sort of go into that. Uh, we saw um, so much volatility over these past four, so much volatility over the past four years with the pandemic. 
Um, it was really a supply driven surge in occupancy. Uh, so supply and derived. So actually in 2020, we saw a 20% decrease in listings. Um, that was, and people that had second homes actually wanted to start using those second homes. They had a newfound ability to work, live and work remote. Uh, we saw urban short-term rental companies sort of go out of business. So there was a big decrease in the available short-term rental listings. And then you fast forward a few months later, sort of after the onset of the pandemic, we saw demand really start coming back quickly. Uh, by April of 2021, demand was fully recovered uh, to pre-pandemic levels. Uh, and there were still 20% fewer listings out there. So that pushed occupancy to record highs uh, in 2021. And we've been slowly coming off of those um, those highs. And in 2023, uh, the declines in occupancy uh, meant that uh, hosts had less pricing power. We saw some decrease in average daily rates as well. Uh, and that pushed RevPAR down about 6% for the year. So uh, not ideal uh, in terms of, and we'd all like to make more money and continue to make more money as hosts, uh, but we're still... I'm 17, 18% higher in terms of revenue per available listing from pre-pandemic levels. Uh, we're about on par on, on pre-pandemic levels of occupancy and ADRs are significantly higher. So overall things are still good. Uh, they're just not as good as they were uh, sort of during the highs of 2021. Gotcha, totally. So I guess what would have been a normal increase in rev par leading up to 2019, 2020? What would have been like a pre-pandemic norm, like 5% increase a year? Uh, what yeah. would that look like? Yeah, I normal is about three or 4%. I Got mean, it. So we had been seeing in the industry sort of, and getting more professional, people using dynamic pricing softwares, using and tools to help them sort of manage rates, manage occupancy effectively. Um, we'd been seeing occupancy increase about a percent or two per year. We generally see people raise their prices two or three percent per year. So yeah, and anywhere from and three to four percent increases in RevPAR on an annual basis was about average. Uh, and then and in twenty twenty one, it shot up twenty percent. Um, and then that was that was abnormal. Gotcha. So I, I guess. So that's where we've been, uh, mm -hmm. but I guess where where are we going? Are we are we reverting to the norm where we yep. can expect you know two three percent rev par increases per year? Uh, I saw one of your recent posts about you know supply and demand because ultimately that's how you forecast, right? You look at incoming supply relative to incoming demand. So yep. what what are your thoughts or your predictions? What's your crystal ball telling us? Yeah. Uh and our expectation is after four years of call it disequilibrium, like supply growing faster than demand or demand growing faster than supply, 2024, we expect supply and demand to roughly be in line. Um, we do expect uh, fewer new listings coming in in 2024 than came in in 2023. And that's fewer than came in in 2022. Uh, so supply growth is slowing. Uh, for existing hosts, that's a good thing. But for investors, I mean, there's a reason why, and there's fewer investors coming in. Like the sort of math of short-term rental investment doesn't look as good as it did two years ago. I mean, home values are still at all-time highs. We're still at six and a half, seven percent interest rates. Uh, rev bars are declining. So 
you look at sort of average investability of just how I'm, how many deals actually pencil, and it's definitely fewer than I'm two years ago. Uh, so we are seeing some in, in slow down investment. Uh, that means fewer and lower supply growth going forward. The demand growth, uh, the other side of the equation is very healthy. Uh, we're seeing uh, new bookings up about 10% year over year the past couple months. Um, so, and as we look and forward into 2024, and there's nothing really that sort of causes us major concern uh, in the overall economy of there's no longer the expectation of recession or major pullback in consumer discretionary spending. Uh, so we expect the consumer to be healthy, uh, the consumer to continue to spend on travel. Uh, and also we expect more and more international guests uh, to be coming into the U.S., which doesn't help every market, but definitely helps a lot of markets that uh, where short-term rental hosts are, and that that's going to, in the end, sort of bring supply and demand roughly in line, occupancy about flat. Uh, and then with occupancies no longer declining, we expect about a 2% increase in average daily rates, which should mean that RevPARs are up about uh, 1% to 2% next year. Okay, now that that was that was great. That was gold. Definitely, everybody, click uh, replay and 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 take notes <laughs> there. Uh, so this all being uh, this all being said, uh, you know how can and, and I know we touched on this earlier, and, and guys, and I'll, I'll kind of uh, I'll take this into how AirDNA uh, AirDNA did a big I don't know relaunch or, or new I don't, I don't know what you would call it new version. Yeah. Uh, what about I would say probably about three or four months ago. And um, before Jamie and I went live, you know, he explained that, you know, one of his big responsibilities is to help customers, uh, you know, effectively use the data that they're providing to make good investment decisions. So how can someone listening most effectively, because there's nuance in this game. And, and, you know, I think, you know, you'll, you would admit it that you can't just look at something online and, you know, oh, see, oh, this property right next to it is doing $92,000 a year. Thus I should do 92. Like there's a li there's more to it than that. And uh, I think those days are over where investors were literally just doing that. And based off that they were making investments and then they're like, Oh, this actually worked out. You know, Oh, looks, things are better year over year than they were last year. If AirDNA is looking at the last 365 days and 365 days from when I started are 20% better than the last 365 days provides you a pretty good, uh, pretty good cushion or, or margin of error there. Yep. But I guess that's not what we're seeing today. You can't really like throw, uh, throw darts blind. So I guess, yeah, how has like the new updated version of AirDNA, uh, which you've been a big driver on, how, how has that been created to help today's investors? No, and you can actually see up here, I, I've got my dartboard and that's <laughs> actually how we do the forecast. Uh, no, uh, it, it's, and we wanted to take a wholesale new look at how we provide data and the tools that we provide to investors. So one of the biggest changes was um, getting rid of market subscriptions. So where before you had to come in and subscribe to an individual city to get access to that city's data. Now it's, sort of one subscription, $15 a month, you get access to our entire global data set. Um, and one of the major changes that sort of we saw was that people weren't just interested in the market that they were in or the market they maybe always traveled to. They were 
really taking a much wider view of I'm willing to invest in just about any market in the country or in my region if I can see that there's good deals to be had. Uh, so we wanted to sort of open that up and provide tools, one, to help with market discovery, finding which markets are sort of top for investments, whether it's in our investment scores or market grade scores or just sorting by occupancy ADR and be able to filter into the type of properties uh, that you're interested in investing in. Then second is, and, and we still have our rentalizer and we've got some major improvements coming for it. But when you think about a rental calculator, uh, which is what we had, it's essentially, essentially just helping finding comps, bringing those comps back, averaging their historical performance and presenting, a, and if this property earns what on average the comps that we found earn, this is what it should do. But for anyone that's actually dug into those comps, you know that there can be massive variability in the uh, earnings of each of those properties. So the diligence that you actually need to do is go through each of those comps, evaluate each one for if they're relevant to the property you're investing in, throw out the bad ones, maybe overweight the really good ones and come up with your own sort of average. And in doing that, we found that a lot of people are like, can you just let me filter and find the properties that I think are and most relevant for me. And I, I'm, as I'm sort of do, going into that, and that's one of the other changes was essentially giving a list of every single property in that market, providing robust filters where you can filter to full-time properties, those with 20 or plus reviews, two bedroom, three bath, uh, luxury homes, like provide a, a real good sense of filters so you could get down to just properties that are going to be relevant for your investment. You can evaluate those and then invest with confidence, knowing that the numbers sort of behind that are all sort of relevant properties. Definitely. And how, so I guess, how are you or, or what can we expect? Or are you guys, is there going to be a, I mean, already obviously four or five months ago, that was a, a big change. Uh, yep. I was honestly surprised. Uh, you know, I, I, that kind of was like, wow, I went on AirDNA one day and I was like, oh goodness. <laughs> Like, oh, I did not anticipate that. Like, you know, you get bought by a private equity firm. You don't necessarily think that all everything's going to change. But I guess uh, you guys, you know, uh, had a more uh, ambitious approach. But yeah, what can we expect? Uh, what changes or updates? Are there any? Are there not? I mean, I'm not saying yeah. you need to make updates. Like it was a couple of months ago. I'm sure it's like a learning phase right now. But yeah, what can we expect? No, what and what and you alluded to it. We did get bought by a private equity group, um, and it's actually been one of the best things. Uh, so, uh, prior to um, getting bought, we were um, privately owned by our founders, uh, Scott Shafford and uh, Tom Caton. Um, they had bootstrapped the company from day one. Uh, it was profitable. They, um, but they operated it very. Um, let's say efficiently. Uh, they're very tight in terms of uh, growing the team. I uh, wanted to do it, didn't want to grow too fast. I uh, didn't want to spend too much on engineering resources. Uh, and the development um, time was very slow. Like it was, it took a long time to release new stuff. And because we had such a small team. Um, so with Alpine coming in, they're willing to invest more um, in the team. Uh, so our product engineering team has uh, grown 4x and it's 
four times larger today uh, than it was um, in 2021. Uh, and that's just provided the ability for us to move much faster. Uh, uh, we wanted to take sort of a new approach on a lot of different things. And the website had sort of been and duct tape together in different ways of like, we launched this, we launched this, we can put this in there. Uh, so we wanted to step back, take a new approach. Uh, and we do have a lot of stuff coming down the line. Uh, so we're making a few big bets, uh, one on revenue management. Uh, and you're going to see a lot of new uh, releases around our revenue management tool. Um, so the ability we already launched the ability to push rates directly to Airbnb. We're going to be rolling out more channels um, and really having a ro ro more robust uh, revenue management functionality. We think with the best data that we know that we have, that we can create one of the best revenue management tools out there. Uh, and then secondarily around and just operating your property. Uh, so um, we made an acquisition um, uh, late uh, in 2023 of Uplisting, uh, which is one of the really premier property management systems out there, uh, really known for their reliability and their connections and be able to uh, manage uh, your property across different channels. And we're going to be leaning heavily into that, uh, coming out with a, we're calling like a PMS light type solution of being able to uh, manage your rates, manage messaging, uh, unified calendar view, and all these um and really robust tools to not just invest in property, but actually uh, manage it after you're invested. And we're uh, really excited to bring that into a really easy to use, uh, simplified um, technology. And that's, and I love that you guys are essentially taking customers through our investors through the entire life cycle of being a short-term rental. Like first you gotta, first you gotta find a market, frankly, um, which now instead of Hey, you're only buying this market. I, I would say you guys are more of a tool to like find a market in general. Uh, yep. You think that's a fair characterization? Absolutely. And, and and it's part of the new screen that you come in, like where before their DNA app sort of took you into Santa Monica. Um, <laughs> the, takes you to the world now. It, <laughs> yeah, takes you to the world, and you click on a country and sort of go into that country. You start seeing a list of markets. I'm ranked by some of the best ones and highest investability grades. Uh, so it, and it really brings you into that decision-making process from the beginning of looking at markets, sort to the filter to the market that you're interested in, and then dig into the data further. Definitely. And there's certainly a degree of uh, nuance there. So just to kind of give an example. So I, so I have uh, 25 different properties of which some of them I manage for, you know, homeowners. And I had a, call this morning with with one of them who you know ex wanted to just kind of like see what was going on in the market and you know kind of essentially express uh like what like can we make more money here <laughs> like what's going on i mean that's you know frankly what people care about yeah. and i uh i showed him an air dna screenshot of the supply in that market uh mm -hmm. first i took i took like th three screenshots i i had the properties ranked in the market based off revenue yeah uh, so was, and i had so that was one thing I did. And then I had a screenshot of the supply. And then the third one was like the market grade that AirDNA gave the market. And uh, at first I was going to send that first. And I was like, yeah, I should probably give him the context before I just send him a number. Because I think the number was like 31 yeah. uh, out of 100. That's pretty bad, right? That's pretty bad, like relative to a lot of the 
numbers out there. Yep. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, I first showed him that the supply had went from like 20 to 80 in the last like two or three years. And this is like a rural lake area. Mm-hmm. So a bunch of people bought lake houses during COVID. And, yep. uh, and then what I saw was that it seems like recently, and I was wondering if this was due to like your guys app change or data change, but a lot of listed, like it started going down like pretty drastically. So I guess this is a personal question. I'm curious, like, was there something, cause I know there was like Airbnb listings, Verbo listings, and like, there's a whole like merging them yep. is challenging to do. Uh, from your guys' data, was was that something that happened recently where like it may have made supply look a little bit lower because you guys like effectively found how like merged Airbnb and Verbo? Yeah, it actually should typically make it go up. So uh, we did change our merge logic. So uh, in bringing in Airbnb and Verbo and other channels, essentially before if it was on Airbnb, um, we sort of used the Airbnb data. If it was uh, exclusive to Verbo, we would then overlay on that Verbo data. But then let's say a property delisted from Airbnb and it was still on Verbo, we would st- we would not show that property because uh, we would still be uh, overriding the Airbnb data in our data set. So what the change that we did was uh, we wanted to look at each channel sort of uniquely in any given month. And if a property was active on any channel on any given month, we would use that data. So all it, it in reality, what it did was make the supply overall go up a little bit because there are properties that had been on Airbnb that had been de- delisted uh, and stayed on Verbo. And just to make sure that we we're continuing to pull that Verbo data forward. forward. Um, uh, so... And the other sort of changes that you see in, in supply is fluid, um, and especially um, in seasonal markets, which a lot of lake markets can be. And when we're showing active listings on the on the website, um, it's going to remove out properties that have blocked out their calendar entirely during that season. So a lot of times you can see and supply being very seasonal and total active listings being very seasonal because so many people uh, don't make their property available during the off season. Got it. So that's really the way to think about that number is like total active listings. Cause yeah, someone could have listed an Airbnb for two weeks and then they, they hit it, you know, like there's just so much freaking nuance in this game. And, and yeah, so I showed him that, showed him the supply. I'm like, yeah, supplies went up a lot. Uh, your property's actually done better year over year. And uh, that's because, he actually rented, he added like two more bedrooms uh, mm-hmm. and like took, you know, he blocked off a month or two and his property did better year over year, but the market as a whole has gone down. And um, I showed him like the list of the top 80 properties, the ones that I manage. So I own four on the lake and manage four. And I think seven of them were in the top 10, like the top 10 that showed up. And I was like, you're sitting there at number eight, you know, you're sitting <laughs> at number eight of, of 80. Uh, this house that's number six was just bought for $1.36 million um, where, you know, your house, I'm not, I didn't say what your house is worth, but yeah. his house might be worth like, frankly, like half that. So it's like, you're doing as good as like a house that was bought for like $1.4 million. Um, you know, here are the reasons why you're doing good. We, we price the right way. We have a lot more data on this market than like anybody else. We have return renters. 
that mm-hmm. only stay with us at this point that hit us up directly. Like you currently have a renter in there for a month and a half. Who's again, a previous relationship in the off season. We have those types of relationships, people who construction workers or factory workers who are kind of like more seasonal. Uh, so you're doing about as well as you can. Uh, and yeah, but there's like a big difference between, but then if you look at the top, it's like, and I, I hadn't actually done this analysis. So I felt like, you know, I wasn't trying to be pompous about it, but like number one, two and three properties are like ones. And those are, those are the big houses. So we have four that we own the three that were one, two and three were our houses that were five plus bedrooms. Uh, we do have one, like two bedroom house. And I think it was on the second page, but, and I was like, all right, well, these are the three we did. And they're, you know, they're actually, you know, the same bedroom situation as yours. And they're doing 50 grand of revenue a year better than yours. And I'm not trying to like rub it in your face, but I'll just tell you frankly why. And literally just go to our pictures. You look at our first five pictures and they show, you know, the the Instagrammable moments. They show the fire pit with the fire coming out with the lake in the background. You know, we've got the the string lights. We've got, you know, the, like, like just, you know, we make it look. So like, I guess there's so much nuance in this game and a lot of it is like operator skill. So how do you communicate that, that, you know, this isn't just uh, even like all the data in the world. You got to roll up your sleeves and, and do it and make it look good and create create it. Yep. And, and that goes a lot into the sort of uncertainty around the number um, of why it's so important to look at each property. Uh, we've got some stuff coming out soon that's going to sort of further refine the comps and actually allow you to evaluate those comps further. Uh, but it's... and. There's so much nuance in the comp selection um, and and something that I'm really I'm focused on both internally and externally at AirDNA is like that comp evaluation process uh, of helping people and making it easier to actually go through that. Uh, and that's part of uh, with the relaunch of the site where we've created our own property pages uh, where you can, and any listing you cl- and you see, you can click on, and it's going to take you to a page where all those photos are there. We've sort of brought in all the amenities. You can evaluate each property for its comparability. You can actually see the history of performance of that property all in all in that one view, all within the app. So we're not constantly sending people an Alta, Airbnb, or Verbo. And you can, if you want to click onto the listings, you can still do that. Uh, but trying to keep as much in app as we can and make that sort of comp evaluation process as seamless, seamless as possible because it's, it's so important and it, and it can, and you, you sort of choose or not choose one comp to use your analysis. It can dramatically change and the estimates that you're going to use in evaluating that investment. Uh, absolutely. Exactly. And I, and I totally, you know, I, I respect and appreciate that you're really trying to make, cause it is, it's hard to explain this like nuance to people um, and really like just explain the entire process. I think a lot of times people want just like that simple, like, give me the number, give me the number. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. so it's like, I feel like it's our job, you know, as people who are in this space, <laughs> you know, it's our, it's our duty to explain the nuance. So yeah. I love that. I love how your approach and, um, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I had never talked to Jamie before, so I didn't know if he was just someone who hopped on news interviews, and, uh, <laughs> but seeing that he, you know, he has the mission to really, uh, explain and help people make 
good decision. So I want to say thank you. Thank you for that, uh, for investors such as myself who, who use AirDNA. Um, and I'm excited to see, are you involved with kind of the, the pricing and revenue management stuff? Or is that, is that, and is that kind of where the, kind of the, like, I know you guys hired, I guess you said four, four times, 400% the engineers, like, is that really kind of the next like air, air is like what we can be on the, on the lookout for is some really powerful stuff there. Yeah, and that's one of it. Um, revenue management. Uh, we've got a whole team looking at our, and we call it our host tools. And I'd put sort of I, that's on the operation side, revenue management and uh, property management systems. Um, those that sort of functionality together. Uh, we still I have entire squad around our uh, investment. Um, so you're going to see a lot coming out. We've got a whole roadmap around. Um, uh, making rentalizer or sort of uh, calculators better, uh, uh, improving the algorithm around comp selection, uh, making it where people can add remove properties, uh, they can evaluate amenities, um, all that uh, coming in. On the market selection side too, we've got uh, zoning data, regulation data coming in. Uh, we've got uh, better sort of mapping tools, the ability to uh, filter, uh, draw on the map, uh, get to just properties in certain areas, uh, uh, different overlays in terms of be able to look at a map and see, okay, which submarkets have the highest occupancy within an area? Uh, so uh, different ways to visualize the data we're really excited about bringing forward. So and, uh, we're just going through the product roadmap uh, this morning with the, with the team. Um, and everything I've sort of called out is like Q1 and two, uh, first half of the year. So second half of the year is <laughs> uh, even more exciting. So uh, happy to uh, come back on and and talk about that as uh, this first phase of 2024 gets released. But can you give uh, us a hint, a hint of what we got the <laughs> the big the big stuff, the big guns? Yeah, um, I mean uh, a lot of it is sort of building on, uh, but it gets into. Uh, better functionality around uh, property management systems, uh, um, and then uh, very much uh, bringing full force of uplisting functionality uh, to um, the average host. Got it. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well. Uh, awesome. Well, so Jamie, you mentioned earlier you'll be in uh, Nashville. I don't know if this podcast will come out before then. But I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to meet you in person. And how can how can folk uh, stay in tune with you know all your findings and 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 everything that uh, you and the AirDNA team have going on? Yeah. So um, I, I'm very active on Twitter. Uh, Jamie underscore Lane. There uh, I have a podcast where we talk about um, all data all the time called the STR Data Lab. Uh, and then uh, if you're on LinkedIn, uh, you can hit me up there, I respond to all my DMs, feel free to reach out. Gotcha. Awesome. And actually, I have one more question. This is, again, kind of just like a, a personal question. Is buying or, uh, well, I guess you're building the pricing and having the direct access to like Airbnb and Verbo and people's listings, like you can then get like a more actualized number for how much they're making. So you think that'll also kind of conversely like help make your guys data better? Oh yeah. So we've, <laughs> we've got a whole data quality squad um, that is really focused on uh, making our data as accurate as possible. Like there's a whole team on that. Um, I think it's up to five people now. 
Um, and one of the things that they are doing is taking that actualized data that we get from properties that are connected. Um, and because we still estimate um, and performance of every property around the world. So those where we know the actual data, um, we're testing it versus our, uh, exp um, our model data and then seeing where the variances are and, and constantly improving our algorithm uh, in terms of how we estimate. Uh, there's been massive changes that are happened on the endpoints that we uh, collect data from on both Airbnb, Verbo, and Booking.com that I mean that that team is sort of, um, they've, they've earned uh, their salary over the past year of keeping up with all those changes and making sure that our data is as accurate as possible because uh, that is a full-time, full-team job to do. Yeah, and it's definitely something on the social media, as you know, that people, uh, people, RDNA is it right? Is it wrong? How much right is 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 RDNA six point two percent off all the time? You yeah. know, <laughs> I love how everyone has like their opinions of like, oh, I found RDNA was like eleven percent off what I actually did. Thus, it must always be like eleven percent off. Yeah, you know, and I can say it it can it can vary. A uh, lot of properties we get exactly right. And others, there's a variance and there's, and we could probably spend a whole nother half hour to talk through all the reasons why the data can vary based on and length of stay, uh, based on and that you're getting, um, based on and, and seasonality of your property and all sorts of fun stuff that sort of can impact it. And I would say if you have a, preconceived connotation of AirDNA's accuracy, maybe based on historical data, I'd say take a new look. We've done some pretty significant algorithm changes uh, in the past sort of six months that have significantly increased our accuracy across the board. Uh, so with that team working, it doesn't just impact accuracy going forward. Uh, we do occasionally make changes to historical data if we see that there's a, a reason to. Um, which and could, could maybe change your view of um, our data um, going forward. Gotcha. Okay, awesome. And you guys have, I'm sure, tons of reports and uh, help documentation that yep. just explains, contextualizes. I think that's all we can really do in this world. In this yep. world full, you know, we're not doing uh, long-term rentals where it's, you know, there's a thousand rentals in a, in a specific city or whatever, like all within a few blocks of each other. And it's pretty commoditized at that point. Like this is not that world. Like no. if you want that world, well, honestly, it's probably hard to make money in that world. Uh, whereas I would want to say you can still, and, and how, how do folks still in 20, you know, people are adding to their portfolio. I'm under a contract on, and I don't want to like leave off on like a gloomy note. So let's, I just, I want to say like, I mean, I'm under, I, I'm setting up, a, sorry, I'm setting up another property properties I bought in 2023 are like some of my best performers yet. And I credit that to like being better, you yep. know, like knowing how to set up a property better. Cause like at first it really, I'm going to be honest, like I did get lucky, like rural properties when rural vacation rentals just like went through the roof. And then I reinvested some in the properties, got hot tubs when I realized like, dang, people aren't going to book at this point. A hot tub isn't like a, in the winter, a hot tub used to be like, you're definitely going to get booked amenity. Now yeah. it's like you need to you need it to get booked, right? Uh, so kind of figuring out those trends and and my marks. I'm also in some urban markets and uh, just figuring out okay, a house without a backyard 
that's fenced in won't get booked. <laughs> the one <laughs> that you pimp out the backyard and fence it in and you do the right things with the fire pits and all that stuff, like will get booked, you know? So like figuring yeah. out these little intricacies, like took me time. And like, maybe I was like a little bit lucky where I started in a time where like you could, you could throw darts at the wall. But that being said in 2024, I think I said 2023 earlier. Uh, again, I'm still growing. Uh, Jamie, how do you how do you succeed? Like, is yep. this still, is there still opportunity out there? Uh, yeah. what's that opportunity? Like what, I don't know if you, if numbers, like what, what are you seeing and, and, yeah. and how, how do you do that? I mean, there's absolutely still opportunities out there. I mean, they're absolutely harder to find. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why we've made the changes of like, I mean, let's talk about sort of the address search stuff of like running, like, let's say you're on Zillow, you find properties, you sort of go to AirDNA or BNB Calc or whatever calculator you're using and run those addresses through and sort of a constant process of evaluating process properties of do they get through that initial filter? And, and that's a lot of work. I know I've spent <laughs> hours, uh, days of my life uh, doing that sort of analysis. And with the launch of for sale properties on AirDNA, we're trying to take a lot of that initial filter work and automate it. So run every single home that's available for sale through our calculator. And yes, and we've talked through the issues with uh, comps, but at least that initial sieve of, okay, if it operates on average across the comps, um, and what are the returns that you're potentially looking at? Uh, so you can I mean, start at a much I mean, more, start at a high level and then sort of dig down deeper um, and just focus on the, those opportunities that seem like they will pencil. And then yes, you've got to do that next level work, but we're, how, how we're, do you communicate that? I'm, I'm, not yeah. to, I'm curious because I know this is something you're passionate about. Yep. Uh, I think people take probably take that number. You know, I know I know you guys have the for sales and also help uh, connect with realtors mm -hmm. and kind of facilitate that process. So you guys are really doing the full customer journey here, uh, <laughs> connecting, uh, you know, with connecting with realtors and whatnot. But how do you? So you see that number, you see they have for sale. You said it's kind of an average. Yeah. But then how do you kind of like encourage someone to go in, click through, look at the comps? Like how do you communicate that that to them? Yeah, and. Right now, it's and primarily just through sort of the training that we do, but one by sort of bringing those comps to the forefront of like actually showing each comp that's being used in that estimation and allowing so people to see both what the... So if you the, click the for sale, it like it, populates it, with... Yeah, okay. if you click on that listing, it then takes you into a view where you see um, the current estimate of that property we actually show how the estimate for that property has changed over the past two years. So is our estimate based on comps um, increasing or decreasing over time? We sort of give a, a variance around our sort of monthly estimate of revenue. And then just below that, you'll see each comp that went into creating that estimate. Uh, so you can evaluate each one, one of uh, how many days was available? What was the revenue that it earned? What the revenue potential is? Uh, what the occupancy and ADR is? And then you can actually click into each of those comps and see the more detail behind them. Um, but all that on that one page um, for uh, looking at that for sale property. So 
and really all the information you'd want to know about evaluating the earning potential for that property is all accessible just when you click on a property that's for sale. So makes that whole process, brings it all really into one place to do that evaluation to hopefully and allow you to find deals because the deals are out there and we see and every day people are making investments, making good investments. They're def- they're just harder to find uh, in this sort of um, house price, interest rate, earning potential environment. And they're and they're definitely there. They they are there. They are there though. I mean, I have uh, I, I work with folk, uh, coach folk, and like one of the guys uh, I work with is doing like massive. And I I give him a shout out a lot on this pod, but I also talk to him a lot because he's doing really cool stuff. So it's top of mind. But he did like a, a six bedroom, uh, you know, barnuminium that cash flowed like two hundred thousand dollars in its first year in you know two thousand twenty three. So. And there actually wasn't data there. Uh, that was an example where there like wasn't data. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe it's like, oh, I guess I guess what's your shot of, or your thought about like going into places where there's not data, uh, but doing something like really cool and unique and big. Yeah, I I think it's I'm one of the neat things with being able to search around the entire country now, um, where you're not just limited to your city, is you can go into like, let's say it's a barn and Indian, like you can search for unique properties, you can go into other rural markets and see what they're earning and then get a sense of, okay, and go through the reviews, get a sense of why people are coming, how they're sort of describing their property. Um, And you've got to sort of piece that together of, okay, I'm going to go into this city. Uh, I can see other unique properties like that, that are actually performing well. Like let's try to understand why they're performing well. Like, okay, they're within an hour of a major MSA and that, they're really attractive for doing weddings. Uh, so I've got a 6 million people that potentially could want to do a wedding and my venues within an hour away. Like that's, a, that's potentially a great investment. Cause I can see this other property, maybe it's a different MSA, but was able to do it and, uh, really do well because of it. So I'm really, um, bullish on being able to use the tool to find different investment strategies that aren't necessarily already taking fire in your market. Cause you can go through other cities, uh, other sort of similar type markets, look at the top properties and see what they're doing and sort of adapt some of those strategies to your own. I love that. And yeah, that is literally exactly what I preach is like, look at the Scottsdale's Look at the the Palm Springs, the Joshua Trees, the Gatlinburg, Tennessee's. See the properties there that are absolutely crushing it, and go somewhere else and where nobody's doing that. Yep. Um, and I've firsthand, you know, that seen that be successful and see that be. So is that is that kind of something that at a high level you would recommend to folk? Yeah, absolutely. Like that's that's sort of tried and true. Um, what I like now um, is doing that same thing. But going to another country, like going to France and some of the uh, key uh, mountain markets there, some of the key uh, coastal markets, going to Germany uh, and see what they're doing, going to Norway and see some of the unique properties uh, (laughs) and and what they're doing. Uh, Because you you might be able to find that sort of next thing that will be coming um, or just is super unique that no one else is talking about yet. Wow! Don't don't tempt me. I might have uh, might, <laughs> might need some more business trips. I guess I gotta 
got to go to Scandinavia apparently and see what's well, going on there. Well, that, well, that's the thing. The AirDNA app can take you there. Like oh, you, you don't, don't even have to, have to fly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to buy each country or buy each, you know, city. No, uh, the same $15 subscription gets you access to every single market in the entire world. So you can do that exact same analysis for uh, in any other country uh, out there. Got it. And then the 15, really, that's kind of like the first level. And then there's like the, I don't know, 30, 40, 50, just yeah, to kind of explain that, the, what the differences there are. Yeah. Uh, there's this sort of basic uh, $15 a month. There's our pro version, $25 a month. Um, it really just gets into sort of depth of data that you can sort of go into. Uh, Basic's going to give you two years of data. Uh, pro is going to give you three years of data. At both versions, you, sh- you can go through property comps. Um, you get some and further charting and, and exportability in the pro version, which is $25 a month. But, but still, $25 a month. And when you were for the entire world, when you were paying $50 or $100 per city per month, um, we really wanted to provide a better value for people where... And yes, people were using AirDNA when they were sort of in the depth of the investment decision, but we wanted to make it where it makes sense to be an AirDNA subscriber, sort of, I mean, even when you're not in depth, like maybe when you're just operating and want to be able to it be at a price point where you can use it to evaluate and how you're performing on a regular basis, like look at how your uh, monthly performance is relative to the other properties in your market. Uh, you can look on a real-time basis, forward bookings. Um, so how is your market pacing going forward? How is your property compared to uh, the market? Or go in and actually select your comps uh, and see how they're pacing out in the future, a bit, both on the price they're getting booked at and what other listings are available at, and then what the demand is and is out there. Uh, so it it's sort of that next phase of not just the invest part of your sort of plan, but um, into the sort of ongoing maintenance and then just discoverability of like, what what what's next? What is my next investment going to be? And even when you're not sort of ready to pull the trigger and you're actually actively underwriting, but just like thinking about what could be cool for your next investment. Awesome. So really, AirDNA, full life cycle. Like you're no longer finding a market that you like and going away and are finding a property and see you later. Now it's like, you can really do everything. Um, and you know, real pricing property management. So really cool transition to have seen you guys. Cause I think I talked on the phone to your, like, uh, uh, I think you guys were in Barcelona or something when you, I guess your culture was less, uh, you know, cost or more cost efficient or whatever your team was in. Is your team still in Barcelona, by the way? Yeah, we've uh, we have two offices, one in Denver and one in Barcelona. Uh, we've got about eighty people in our Barcelona office now, so it's oh it's wow, a, so you're still growing in Barcelona because yeah, that yeah. was like the first time I'd ever talked to Airdnb. It was like someone I think in Barcelona, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, but, uh, yeah, our customer service team is out there. I was actually just out there. Um, they're a great team. Awesome, cool. Well, Jamie, I look forward to hopefully. Uh, I know you'll be busy. You're, you're going to be speaking this upcoming week. Yeah, I'm going to be. Um, at the STR Wealth Conference, uh, speaking at, I think it's like 8.30 on Wednesday morning. So kick off uh, day two with some data. Um, and Don't have too much fun day one at the open bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I look forward to uh, seeing you there. And thank you so much for joining us today. Awesome. Thanks, Jeremy. 
Thanks for listening to the Short-Term Rental Pros Podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, leave us a five-star rating, like, comment, and share this with someone you know that wants to invest in short-term rentals.